Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant day so far. Oh, man, these conversations on Stay Grounded have been getting so deep recently. And I'm just so excited to go down the rabbit hole with a new and dear friend of mine, Mr. Vipul Bassania. And I'm so excited for you guys to get to know this brilliant soul. So Vipul is... I mean, he's a writer, he's a podcaster, and he's the brand new author of the book, Searching in Silence, which is a collection of poetry that was inspired by Vipul's own personal journey of healing, his own personal journey of asking greater questions in life around who he is, what is the force behind his own inspired sense of action, what is he meant to do on this planet, how can he return to wholeness within himself and I, I ran into Vipul, I was actually introduced to him through a dear friend of mine. And when I started reading his content, there was a certain resonance that I felt when I was reading his posts and his poetry that just shot straight to my heart. And that's really why I wanted to have him on the show, because in order for someone to write and create content that truly touches somebody, you have to have that connection with yourself. And that's really what we talk about on this episode. We talk a lot about navigating a journey of spiritual evolution, the, the gift of exploring and discovering yourself, how to find that, that resonance and that truth and still in the silence and introspection. And, you know, we really dive into Vipul's writing and creative process, how to connect with your true self, why self-reflection and self-trust and gratitude is the undercurrent beneath everything that we can show up with in our lives and so much more. I mean, Vipul is a brother from another mother. We talk a lot about his own life story and how he got started on his personal growth journey and how that has evolved over time and how it started from this hustle nature of trying to do more to this almost healing and compassionate nature of letting go of what's not his. And I felt like I was talking to a kindred spirit on this conversation. I mean, Vipul is just such a beautiful human being and just the way that he expresses himself through his words and his writing touched me. And I know that it's going to touch you guys as well. So Check out his new book. It's Searching in Silence. It's available on all of, uh, I think it's on Amazon and you can purchase it. You can even follow him on Instagram. Uh, he creates incredible content that truly does touch and resonate on a deep level. We make all of these available in the show notes so you guys don't have to go look him up or anything. You can go to the show notes or you can just look him up on social media. I'll be creating a post about him when this episode goes live. But in any case, I hope you guys enjoy this incredible conversation with an individual that I admire a lot and I find an inspiration to to myself. And so I love you guys. Um, if you haven't already, subscribe to us on iTunes. All that means is that every single time we record a new episode, it falls straight into your inbox. If anything that we said on this episode resonates with you, shoot me a message on Instagram, shoot me an email, reach out to Vipul, let us know what's resonating with you as you are navigating this journey of healing, growth, and the journey to wholeness within yourself doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter if you're working full time. It doesn't matter where you are in the world. The journey of coming back to yourself is something that we all get to do at our own pace. 
we all get to access tools that are in resonance with us. And that's what I love most about this podcast. I get to talk to so many different people who are navigating this journey back to themselves in so many different ways. And it's an inspiring reminder that there's no one size fit all. Like we, I'd love a blueprint. Hey, let me just go follow this path and I will end up where I want to be. But that's not how healing, that's not how the spiritual evolution works, right? Like we're, we're constantly given a different set of circumstances. We're all unique individuals with unique sets of, of emotions, of, of circumstances. And by honoring that and by acknowledging that we can truly lean into an individualized approach to accessing greater levels of fulfillment that I'm just loving or I'm, I'm really enjoying learning about. So anyways, I hope this episode resonates, but without further ado, I'm just so excited for you guys to get to know and to experience my main man, Mr. Vipul Vasanya. Enjoy. Yo, 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 what's up everyone? And welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you're all having a brilliant day so far. My brother, Vipul, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, bro. It's been a pleasure connecting with you so far, and I'm pumped, man, to have this conversation. Thank you for having me. The last conversation we had, I literally felt like it was like the tip of the iceberg. Like it could have, we could have been talking for hours. I just feel this kindred spirit from across the, the world. I'm inspired by you, man. So I think I said this when I first met you, but like, when I first started reading your content and your poems and your, your really your written word, like there was a feeling to the way that I, like, like there's a feeling behind the words that I was very, very, very strongly touched is one thing, but like when you can feel someone else's heart in the way that they create, it creates a, a different experience. It's almost like I was resonating with the words, even though I was just reading them on a screen. So can we start with your writing? I think actually that's a great place to start. And what is the heart behind the writing? I guess, right? Because like everybody writes, everybody has stuff that they put up, but like there's a feeling and an energy to the way that you write that I think is uniquely yours. So like what inspires you? What is that, what is that energy behind the writing that allows it to be something that connects with people in an intimate way? That's a good question. And I've thought about this question of inspiration and energy and what kind of inspires me to to do what I do. And in this particular aspect of of writing, I think my inspiration is not necessarily a person or or a platform or or a piece of content. Maybe once I would have said to you that the answer was, you know, someone else's writing or someone else's piece of work or a film I've seen or a book I've read, whatever. But now the more I think about it, what inspires me is to channel more of who I actually am into the work and to enable that feeling. There's a, a number of different things that I could do. And one of the things that's been my favorite, especially during the course of doing the most recent kind of batch or collection of writing over the last the last solid year of writing is very different to anything that I've kind of expressed before. Because before that, it was pre 2020, I would say it was all to do with motivation and inspiration and to do with Mm. where I was at the time and content we put out is a reflection of who we are at that time anyway. And so when I look back, it was all to do with kind of filling every hour of the day to be as productive as you can to, to, to make your dreams a reality and and all of that stuff's good. But then to an extent, I naturally come to a place where I was like, well, let me just slow down here because there are so many things going on in my personal, personal life, which what wasn't necessarily easy to handle, but, you know, like we've spoken about many times before, 
in various conversations, it was it was a period of reflection that led me to slow down and then think about kind of who am I? Like that's the first chapter of the book. The first kind of question that opened up the door to everything else is like, well, who am I? Because only when I come to terms with that and come closer to feeling like I know who I am, can I write the most authentically? So the inspiration is sitting in who I actually am. And the more I explored that concept of who I am, I realized I'm no one and I'm everyone at the same time. And what I mean by that is if you remove the label of the name, if I remove my name, Vipo, if I remove my dreams and inspirations, if I remove the money I earn or the money I dream to earn, if I remove who my family is, if I remove the color of my skin, where I was born, all of that kind of story, where does it lead me? It leads me back to nothing, just like a, a layer of an onion being peeled one, one at a time. At the end of the last layer, you get to nothing. There's nothing there holding it all together. It's just layers. And so it was a beautiful process of unraveling that and realizing that's the same for everyone, really. And so I started to come to terms with myself and kind of be acquainted with that part of myself, which was a lot more expansive, where inspiration was actually born from, where creativity was actually born from, which is the the infinite, the eternal, whatever you want to call it, God, yeah. God mode, you know, whatever you want to, whatever label you want to put on it, that's, that's the place. And I'm not saying I live from that place every time, but there are certain things that enable that feeling to arise again and kind of bring it to its surface. And one of the things that's helped me is putting together a playlist of, of, of music that's helped me kind of music's get into huge, that man. flow state. Yeah. To get into that flow state. And usually it's, I found that it's music that's not necessarily geared up with lyrics because I don't want to be confused or muddled with someone else's words not to say it's bad it's just that's not what spoke to my heart and what I naturally put together was a collection of instrumentals that were really intense and full of melody ups and downs highs and lows and the specific genre is quite quite niche as well it's it, it was actually an artist that I stumbled across in 2019 called Ludovico Einaudi he's an Italian composer oh yeah I know him oh amazing yeah guy. he did amazing. Uh, didn't I think my favorite song by him is Experience I think it's Experience Experience is uh, amazing Experience Experience is time lapse run like there was I've got like a yep. whole collection every time I need inspiration yeah, yeah. even before this interview I just throw that on and that kind of that brings me back to the place that I was describing and so my writing started to come from that space. And when you connect with the feeling, for me, the words appear. I don't have to force it. I don't have to think about, okay, what is it I'm trying to say? It's not about what I'm trying to say. It's how do I get the feeling onto the paper and allow the feeling to lead the process of writing, not the words to lead the process of writing. If you allow the brain to lead it, if you allow a construct of words to lead it, it's it, it, you're already confined in what you're trying to express, if you see what I mean, because you're, you're approaching yep. it with an expectation. This is how I'm going to go about it. Like I'm going down this tunnel with these tools. It's, it, it's, I'm open to anything. Let me just follow the feeling and the feeling will bring together the structure, the words, the rhythm, everything. And so that's, you know, to give you a long winded answer, that is kind of a glimpse into what the process has been like for me. I love the, um, just the reminder that we are everything and we are nothing. The reminder that we are the most significant things on the planet. And after we die, life will go on and things will be the same. And I think there's a beautiful grounding nature to remembering that you are at the core of it, right? Like there's this, there's this soul that sits beneath everything that you are, every identity that you've been given, every identity that you've earned. There's just inherent worth, this inherent value in your existence. 
that cannot be taken away from you. And I have found when I feel the most stressed, the most anxious, the most troubled, when things are going really difficult in my life, anything that helps me come back to that space of like almost surrender, surrendering the ego, surrendering that the egos in the mind, that protective nature that keeps me from believing that I am connected to everything, that I have purpose, that even if things don't make sense, I'm here and really tapping into that feeling of safety. Like for me, inspiration is always born in that feeling of safety and that feeling of belonging and that feeling of, of connectedness. And when I can return to that, and a lot of times music is a way to get there. I mean, I have playlists for every mood. When I wake up, I have a, like I call it the, the true King. It's literally a playlist called the true King. And it's like, underneath everything it's like what is the truth of of the king and like i've got this playlist that i've accumulated over the years of just songs that help me feel that sense of love and connection and presence i guess like in your journey what are some tools that you've or what are some practices that you've leaned into that have helped you sort of connect with that true sense of self like that the answer that lies beneath the who am i like what what are some other journeys or practices or experiences that you've gone through that have helped you sort of really come to one with that answer for yourself? It's a loaded question because it's super there's, loaded. So, there's so much, there's so much in there. Yeah. But, no, but I'd love to explore it. So there's, there's so much in there. I think I'd love to give people, you know, straightforward to the point answer. And, you know, if you want the to the point answer, it's self-reflection, just reflect on your journey, because when you reflect on your journey, you, you're better able to connect the dots. And to do that, there's multiple ways that you could, you could reflect. You can sit in silence, you can go for walks, you can have conversations, you could do therapy, you can whatever. Like there's so many different things that you can do that speak to you. What I've necessarily done is not necessarily going to be applicable to everyone. And so I urge people to find what speaks to their heart and to their soul. And that's going to change mm -hmm. and develop and evolve at each stage of their journey as well. And so you might not be in a place where some of this information is applicable, but when you revisit it, it might feel like, actually, that's exactly what I want to do. For some people, they'll listen to this and think, wow, what they spoke about is exactly what I want to do. And I'm feel, I feel called to do that. So always remember, regardless of what we're talking about on a podcast, what any authority figure is telling you, whoever you look up to, whatever you're being marketed, all of that stuff is a subjective point of view. It's not necessarily the answer for you. You still have to find that answer for yourself. And so that's the first thing to have a bit of context around that. Like all of these things are subjective experiences. So you need to have your own experiences to find out what works and what doesn't work for you. On that, can I just ask a question? Yeah, go on. How do you know when something is working? Well, does it feel right? Does it feel in alignment? Well, the reason I ask that is because I think there's a lot of people that don't trust themselves, which is why they go to others. They look for books, they look for gurus, they look for outside information because there's an inherent lack of trust with that voice. For those that may be beginning this journey and new to self-discovery and really getting clear on the truth of who they are, like how do you learn to actually trust what's true? Listen, this is good. So this is touching on something that's quite nuanced. And it's, I'm just thinking about it now as you bring this up. Lean into other people's knowledge and other people's wisdom if you're unsure of what to do. Like depending on where you are in your journey, you might be at a place where you don't trust yourself. You're not feeling confident. You don't feel like you're, you're at a place where you can make a decision on your own and follow it through. That's fine. That's the time to lean into other people's uh, books and podcasts and music and seminars and workshops and 
counseling, whatever it might be, seek as much help as you feel you need. And all that's doing is building the momentum for you to start figuring out more of what excites you, more of who you are, more of your place in the world, more of the direction that you want to go in. All of those things are there for a reason as well. Whatever materials that you're drawn to, lean into that stuff. Don't don't disregard mm-hmm. it just because it's someone else's. Because everyone else's knowledge could be wisdom for you at that particular time. And one example of that is when I went to Peru to do ayahuasca and we had a sharing circle. If I didn't have something to say, that was fine. I came, I came to terms with realizing I might not have something to share. I might not have these major insights, but actually I don't have to because this group, this collective, I'm here with these select individuals for a reason. So any experience they've had is also for me. So whatever they share, that's also going to be beneficial for for me. So in the same way, if you feel like you don't have something creative to, to explore or to share, or you haven't found your thing, or you're not confident to go in a particular direction, lean into other people's work and other people's journeys just to give you some inspiration as to what's possible because that's what you're looking for right that's that's what we all look for is what what else is possible outside of this boring mundane lost life that i'm living right now in this period what else is possible what have people done that i haven't yet done something whether it's a sentence a word a book an experience something will stand out to you follow that feeling be be in tune with yourself to realize that little bit of feeling of excitement that you get when you stumble across a particular thing that you just heard about, follow that. And bit by bit, you pick up the clues and eventually you'll get to a place where you feel confident enough to realize, actually, I want to go and do this thing now. And that might not be the beginning of the journey, but eventually you'll get to a place where you can make those decisions. I love the reminder to follow the feeling, but reflect on how that feeling worked out for you how that decision worked out for you. Because if you just, and you're right, like building trust is, is like building a muscle. Like you're going to the gym and you're building that trust muscle with yourself. Like you're, you make decisions. Not every decision you make is going to be perfect. Not every book you read, guru, you decide to follow business decision. You say yes to thing that you, you jump into with two feet. Like not everything is going to give you the end result, but reflect the practice of reflection is what actually allows you to distinguish between something that was done from maybe a place of misalignment or fear versus something that was that was done from a place of truth and 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 things just didn't work out and and it, it allows you to continue building that nature so i guess back to you then bro like coming back to your journey i guess what are those practices what are those experiences um for yourself that have, i know you mentioned ayahuasca and plant medicine, you have writing as a tool, like what else has helped you or what mindset shifts, what breakthroughs have helped you sort of really get clear on that personal sense of, of knowing for yourself? So alongside journaling, I think um, going on walks has also helped fuel the creative element inside of me um, subconsciously, because as I'm walking, all the information that I've accumulated on my journey at that time and whatever's going on in my heart space at that time it's kind of being mixed together and simmering in a soup almost right like mm. uh, it, the, the soup of my soul if, if if that makes sense like it's all being it's all being cooked because i'm not forcing something to happen i'm just allowing it to simmer like i've taken in all of these pieces of information and wisdom and i've done all of these activities but then to just let it sit inside of you and to grow and to be nurtured is to slow down. And so slowing down and going for walks, um, and as crazy as this sounds, talking to myself, 
like a lot of insights have seriously come from just talking to myself. And that is like, for example, I'd be in my room like here, I'd have music on and I'd say to myself, well, who am I? Who am I? Okay. I'm, I'm this person. Okay. But then if I'm not this person, who would I be? Okay. That's interesting. But then if I wasn't that thing, what else am I like? What's, what's underneath that even. And then that might bring up a memory that I have of school. It's like, oh, how did I feel at that time? That was quite interesting, actually, because I remember doing this. And then you're having a conversation with yourself, but in, yeah. in a safe space. So you're exploring things that are inside of your mind, but you don't necessarily get to say out loud because who, who are you going to talk to about that stuff? You only feel the safest with yourself to an extent. Like you, There's certain things that you'd only explore on your own because you don't really feel safe to explore that with anyone else. And so I've done a lot of that. And that's really helped me kind of realize a lot of things um, alongside having my journal there to write down stuff as something jumps out at me. Again, it's kind of being in tune with that feeling of, oh, that's, that's important. I don't know why that's important. I need to just write that down and then just reflecting back on those, on those notes. So just to, I guess, summarize the, the, the things that have been tools for me over the last two years, because I think the last two years have been monumental in kind of bringing me to where I am right now in this chapter it's going on plant medicine journeys doing retreats like we spoke about before with philip mckernan where i'm in a group setting or a one-to-one setting where i'm exploring in a safe space kind of what's going on in my heart and and, and mind space yeah. journaling speaking to myself and, and and writing and exploring ideas that i wouldn't normally explore and then just listening to to music as well so those those things in combination over time Again, it's not, it's over time. It's not like you're going to do one of these things and that's it. My life's changed. It doesn't happen like that. It's for me anyway, it's happened over time. And so someone might look at kind of the accumulation of my work in the book and think, wow, like, how did you do that? And it was a journey, you know, it was a journey. And so I think the accumulation of all of those things together made shifts inside of me along the way that I wasn't necessarily aware of at the time but it was taking place behind the scenes, right? Like uh, there's that realization that things are changing. The cogs are turning, but I can't see that right now. And it it will take effect afterwards and I'll see it as a result of the next six, 12, 18 months. And again, so when you reflect back, you realize how far you've come. Dude, that's such a good answer. And I, I just appreciate the continuous sort of focus on reflection. Because if you don't reflect, you can't actually see how far you've come, which actually makes going where you want to go less less exciting. Like the thing that inspires me to keep going is the knowing that I've actually come a really long way already. That balance is what actually allows the excitement for the journey, no matter what shows up, to be something that I lean into with full presence. So what started this journey for you? I guess like, the journey of, of introspection, the journey of asking these questions. I mean, you live a pretty dedicated life to this personal journey. So like, can you describe what life was like when you started and why you chose this path or why your soul really pulled you down this road? Just before I get into that, one thing that, that you mentioned earlier that I want to touch on in terms of reflecting on the journey is I, I was thinking about that particular concept. Actually, just before this conversation, it, it kind of came up in my heart space and I and I wrote about it. And I, the few words that I wrote to kind of describe that feeling was, I once wished to be in the place that I am now, but now I'm here. I wish to be in, an, in another faraway land. And so if I don't take the time to slow down and be grateful, then when will I ever be happy? And so yeah. when you get to that faraway land that you're now dreaming of, like, oh, I want to be over there, you know, in the Cayman Islands with 10 million in the bank, or whatever the dream is, you're going to be thinking the same thing. Oh, now I want to be over there 
with ex people and ex friends having ex ex experiences and so, like you never slow down to realize actually where I am now is what I once wished for. I, I, I don't well, get it. Like why why am I not feeling it's bec- and the, and the missing link is gratitude. That's it. Like it's gratitude. Dude, and the crazy thing on that note on the crazy thing is like at least for me the things that I take for granted someone else would come in and be like God I wish I had that. Someone else would look at my life right now. No matter what I have going on in my life, I could be upset, sad, happy, whatever. They'd look at my life and somebody out there would be like, God, if I had what that only, if I only had what that person had, I'd be really happy. That's always been a grounding. And I, I, I'm so glad, glad you brought up gratitude because, you know, gratitude, I feel like is the undercurrent beneath it all. It's the thing that allows you to rest in presence. Like it's the thing that allows you to actually sit in the chair and feel the support of the chair on your back because it's, it's unconditional in nature. Like you don't need to have anything to be grateful. You can actually express gratitude for everything. Expressing gratitude inherently brings in the idea that you have everything you've ever wanted. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I'm just thinking about when someone is experiencing a darker period in their life, when, you know, they're in a place where they're thinking, well, what have I got, got to be grateful for? I don't get it. Everything is going to hell right now. And I've been there as well. And I'm sure you have. And it's difficult to be grateful when you're not in that space where you feel like everything's aligned. I'm manifesting, you know, all of these connections are happening. I feel like I'm moving forward. My health is great. Uh, all these opportunities. Yeah. Then it's easy to be grateful, but to be grateful in a darker period is difficult. And I think the the best way to work with gratitude is to be grateful for the basic the very basic things and work with where you are at that time and so for example if you don't have that dream life you're thinking about that's fine work with what you have and if you've got something as basic as your health you're alive and no part of your body hurts like there's no aches and pains then just be grateful for that there has to be one thing you're grateful for because if your if your neck starts to hurt what do you think about all day it doesn't matter if you've got 10 million in the bank you're thinking about your neck pain I wouldn't be focusing on this interview if my neck was hurting. I, I don't care about this opportunity that's going to give me exposure to 10 million people. My neck's hurting. I want to solve that problem first. So be grateful for the very basic fact that actually I have no aches and pains in my body. That's a start. I can't experience life if I didn't have this body. And if, you're, if you haven't got, you know, if you're in a worse off situation, then think about, I don't know, the fact that you've got parents. My parents are alive. Many people's parents aren't alive that's amazing. I get to spend one extra day with my parents. Like, and so you just build on where you are at that particular time. Like, don't, don't forget. It's easy to forget. I guess that you look at someone else's journey, you're comparing chapter one to chapter 20 and not realizing you need to work with where you are at that time. And we should try and speak to people at that level. Um, so I, does that make sense? I feel like a ramble, but it's, it's important to kind no. of uh, hone in on this aspect of meet people where they are at that particular moment in their journey. Because we were once there and there's many people who are levels and levels above us or further down the evolution of the spiritual path or the, or the materialist path. And it's easy to forget well, I think, where we are, right? Well, I think it's uh, when I first got started with practicing gratitude, I always had the fear that if I'm grateful for what I have right now, I will not work for what I actually want. I'll just sink into, I'll just be happy and, and, and poor or happy and, and, and just here with what I have. And I think there's a period where you, you kind of have to allow yourself to sink into like when you practice something, it's like a muscle. Like I said, trusting yourself as a muscle, practicing gratitude as a muscle, like learning to, to surrender control 
when things are not going great is a muscle. Like I think all of these things that we're discussing right now, although we may be more adept at it because we've practiced these over time, it's because we started practicing them that we got to the places that we are. And I think that's important. So no matter where you're at in the journey, I actually think that gratitude, a consistent reminder that, you know, we're connected to all things. And although we would love to control mother nature, mother nature really doesn't like to be told what to do. COVID was a rude awakening for a lot of people in that way. We had plans and dreams and aspirations that were all turned upside down and for a lot of people in a lot of ways. And so I I think that there's practicing gratitude. I have found practicing gratitude when things are going great makes it a lot easier to practice gratitude when things are not. It's kind of like the prayer thing. A lot of people, you know, they start praying when things aren't going well, right? Like, oh God, please. Like, and sure that can work, but the potency of the prayer will be much more felt. It's like much more, it's, it's much more powerful when you're, when you're praying consistently without expectation and, and need because you're, you're just praying because that's, that's your way and that's your muscle. So I think that everybody can build themselves to be the most resilient human beings in the room. I, I believe that. And I, and I think that, I think it, it takes time. It takes absolute time and it takes dedication. And, and I want to bring it back to you though, bro, because you've, you've put in the time and the dedication. So when you first started your journey, like what inspired you to actually start looking at the, at the parts of your life with gratitude or what actually inspired you to start looking at, at, at different things in your life that you may not have been happy with or proud of? What started that journey for you? My health. So I think something that was instrumental in my journey the last decade was the fact that my health basically went upside down at a particular moment in my life. And this was around the time I was about 19. So I was at the time I was at my second year of university. So I, I studied law at the University of Kent in the UK. And I don't know, like my, 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 my ambition was, was super high. I was in a structured routine of waking up at five o'clock every day, had a good balance of kind of going out and enjoying myself, going to the gym but, and, 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 you know, getting my work done and being focused on the vision of becoming a lawyer in the city and, and earning, you know, X amount of money and whatever. I had a girlfriend at the time as well. So everything kind of like, if someone was to look at me, they'll think, oh, this guy's actually, you know, he's got it all together and he's living a great life and whatever. And I feel like what happened was I was then kind of shoved by the universe to move into the next chapter of my life. And I wasn't ready for that because I was just going about it thinking, this is what the next kind of year and a half looks like. I'm going to graduate and then I'll start applying for jobs and get internships and this kind of stuff. And that drastically changed. So what happened was there's two things that happened parallel to to one another. And that was my health. And then also my ambition for what I wanted out of life started to, to be questioned. And so with the health part, um, up to this point, up to the age of 19, I didn't really have any health issues or concerns, uh, you know, um, thankfully quite, quite healthy. But at this point, my body literally overnight was covered in, uh, eczema and rash and hives and it was intense. It was like zero to a hundred. And I was like, what, what's happened here? I don't get it. Went to the doctors and they diagnosed it as, as eczema, ran a few blood tests and said, Oh, you're, you're allergic to wheat and gluten. I was like, what, what's, what's wheat? What's gluten? Like, I don't get it. Like I never used to think much about what I was eating. I was eating 
whatever was kind of in front of me and like I didn't think twice about it and so this was the first time I was thinking about what I had to actually put it put in my mouth and consume and so I was like oh what's and so then the downward spiral began because then I started to get given steroid tablets that were like oh there's no mm-hmm. cure for it like you just have to maintain it and work with it with creams and this that and the other and so my self-image started to become heavily deteriorated and then this was at a time when you're at university where you think about how you look you know what how you look is important especially if you're going out and you want to drink and you want to party and you want to socialize all the things I wanted to do but I couldn't do it now because my self-confidence was just being shattered right in front of me and I couldn't move really I couldn't move so I mean something as simple as turning your neck to see if a car's coming both ways. I couldn't do that because my skin would rip on the sides of my neck. Couldn't walk up the stairs because the skin would tear behind the, behind my knees. Couldn't bend my arms or stretch it because the skin would tear my elbows. So like going for a shower was painful. Going to sleep was painful. Like I was in pain from day to night and I'd wake up with, with blood and pus and like dead skin everywhere. And it was just like, wow, yeah. what student wants to go through this? Like I don't, and then the self-hate started to come in shame started to come in, started to retract from connecting with people. I began just hating who I was. I didn't want to live in my body. I was like, well, how can I escape this body? Like, how do I get out of this body? Because I'm basically in jail right now. I I hate this feeling. Yeah. I I remember like one day just lying in bed in the middle of the night and I I had to sleep with my arms straight and my legs straight because I couldn't, I couldn't bend them. So like, you know, sleeping on my side is what I prefer, but I, I couldn't do that. It was too painful. And just felt like a corpse. I was like, maybe this is what it feels like to be dead, but be conscious while you're dead. Like this is how I, like a, how I feel. And I was a hundred miles away from my parents. I didn't really tell them too much because they would worry and whatever, like me yeah. being the first child and stuff. So I was like, let me just keep it to a minimal. I had some good supportive friends around me at the time. But now when I look back, I realized that that was almost like a, a snake skin being shed. Like my spiritual skin, my physical skin were being shed at the exact same time. And parallel to this, my idea and concept of life and what's important and what's not important began to be thrown into question. So I was living with a really close friend at the time who was sharing a house. He was experiencing this alongside me so he could see kind of what I was going through. And the conversations we had similar to this in the early stages were all around like spirituality and the soul, destiny, what does faith mean? Like what is science versus spirituality? And like things like what's a plant, like a like chlorophyll or a plant or soil like those are just descriptions scientific descriptions like photosynthesis that's not the actual thing that's like what is actually going on in that process that's just a name that we've come up with some scientists came up with it in a lab but that's not actually the essence of what's happening like what's making that process happen like my heart's beating but what is making my heart beat what makes the sun shine and there's all these scientific descriptions, but it's like there's something behind that that's unnameable that's happening. So it was the very early stages of thinking about, oh, there's, some, there's something else that I'm interested in. I remember one day actually came home back to, back to West London for the holiday period and I met up with a, a very close friend of mine since childhood. We went to the gym together as we, as we did during the summer periods. And we were on a break in between sets at the gym. And I said to him, oh, bro, you know, like, I don't know why this is going to sound really weird to you, but I'm really into philosophy now. And he was like, what? Like you and philosophy, like he just thought I was a freak because he knew, he knew me quite closely um, on a personal level. And he was like, where's that come from almost? And that made me realize actually this fascination with something else outside of my current realm of information is what's really driving me to continue to explore. And the first book that kind of helped me dive into this deeper, which was referred to me or kind of given to me by 
the housemate at the time was the alchemist. And he was like, Oh, you have to mm. read this. I read this last summer just before we started living together. Like this is right, life changing. Fuck. Yeah. And I was like, all right, well, let's see, let's see what this is all about. Let me have a read. So during a train journey, I, I, I was reading it and I remember diving into it and I couldn't put it down and may not have grasped all the concepts at the time. But the one thing that stood out to me was this concept of omens. So, okay, there's something there. Omens, omens, omens. I wonder what that means. And I wonder how it's been affecting this character and how it's going to affect him as he moves through the story. And like you see Santiago kind of being led by all of these things that are happening almost for him. And he's following the threads that the universe is giving him. And it's leading him to this particular place of realization of truth. And as that's happening, he's shedding old layers of himself and finding himself in new experiences with new connections and newfound wisdom. That is what kind of began to happen for me as I started reading more and more and more. Alchemist was only the first book. I started spending hundreds on personal right. development. I was watching countless TEDx videos. I was watching countless YouTube videos, hundreds of playlists of, of different videos to do with self-help and mindset. And like, I was just, it was this whole concept of growth. I guess that's the best way to encapsulate that period was just newfound growth. And I didn't know what was happening to me at the time. So I couldn't say, oh, this is uh, an awakening period. Like that's only when I look back now. But at the time, what was happening was that my mind and my body and my soul, everything was just exploding in front of me. There's so much in that. What has been the balance of, I guess, like new ideas, new concepts and shedding? I guess like, because I feel like just knowing your journey and knowing kind of the, the, at least what I know about the decade for you, there's, there was this period of like unraveling the whys, the questioning, the soaking in of information. Right. But then there was like, I feel like there was an underlying level of healing that's been happening for you, not just on a physical level, clearly, cause you're, you don't have the same physical ailments that you did at 19. Right. So physically you're healing, but also emotionally just from a, from a grounded sense, like you're, you're, you're more, in your body. So what has been, I guess, the the transition in this journey from doing the mindset work to then like really doing the work necessary to sort of inhabit your body again? I think you need something to get you hooked first. And that's what the alchemist was. And I guess that's what those early conversations were, was to get me hooked onto growth and to self-discovery. Yeah. Self-discovery is probably what best way to describe it. Once you start doing that, you get to a place, well, I got to a place in 2019 where I was like, enough's enough. Like, I get it. All of you guys are saying, be productive and journal and meditate and go for walks and take care of your body and live with no fear and, you know, all of these things. That's great. That's great. I get it. But now I know all of this stuff and now I've accumulated all this knowledge. Where is my wisdom? Where do I stand on this spectrum of information? What are my values? Who am I? Like, I don't want to be the person that I felt like I was at that time, which was I've accumulated everyone else's knowledge. And so now I'm a reflection of everyone else. I mm. still don't know who I am. So to get you started, bringing it full circle to the beginning of the conversation, to get you started, you soak in other people's experiences who are further along the journey or have had different experiences to you. So you, you, your heart space, your mind space, your soul space starts to expand and really you engage your imagination into what's possible. And you're like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, this is uh, really interesting and I want to find out more about this. But I began to get, I guess, knowledge fatigue. Uh, that word just came to me now. I don't even know if it's a thing, but that's the best way to describe what happened in 2019 was 
this is a lot of information and i don't and now i've got to the point where it's counterproductive to keep buying books, keep going to workshops and seminars. Well, there's because, a diminishing set of returns, right? Like it's, yeah. it's diminishing returns. Like you, you start adding so much to you. You start adding so much at some point you like, at least for me, like I realized like the more I added onto my life, the more I was trying to make my life fit inside of a box. Like I was getting the books so that I could become a certain type of person that could fit inside of this box that could play well with others that was doing this over here. And the next wave of profound transformation for me came from almost going to the truth. Like, do I want to be like everyone else in that box? Like what is true for me? Like, do I want to be in this relationship? I know you went through a pretty big breakup. I think, you know, like a pretty long breakup. I did as well. I mean, I, my last ex and I dated for almost eight years and it was like a complete shift. Like the biggest profound shifts in personal growth for me came from me trying so hard to take all this knowledge I was getting and apply it to my life and being so miserable like I wasn't getting the answers I wanted. I wasn't happy. I wasn't getting that feeling of success and fulfillment and achievement. And for some reason, I just felt empty. And the true healing for me came from me saying, okay, Raj, what if the life you've been trying to fit inside of is actually not the life that's yours? What if it was your parents' life? What if it was the life from culture? What if it was the life that everyone else was trying to have, but it wasn't yours? And that journey created a complete, it was like the, the second journey of evolution, right? The second journey of, of unbecoming, if you would. And I don't know if you've had a similar experience, but it sounds like that's kind of where you were, you were headed. Yeah, I think there's multiple phases of evolution. And I think the way you just describe it is beautiful is, and it encapsulates it well. It's like you go onto this path trying to become someone other than yourself because you think that there's other qualities that you need to attain to be approved of, to be successful in the world. In, in my mind at the time, it was all about success. I have to earn this amount of money. People have to see me this way. I need financial freedom. Otherwise, I'm a failure. Like I have to own this and I have to own that. I need to be traveling. I had this list of things that I wanted. That's not to say they're bad. They're great things to have. Why shouldn't you enjoy those things? But to do it at, at the expense of losing your own identity or not even knowing your own identity and being happy with yourself and finding inner peace and fulfillment. What's the point? Every experience is then void. Whether you, I have a pound to my name or I have 10 million to my name, if I don't know who I am, I don't like myself, I don't feel peace within myself, what's the point of it? It doesn't make sense. Right. And so the first part of my journey was a lot more physical. Well, the first chapter was a lot more physical and mental in terms of healing physically. Uh, acquiring a lot of information to make those mental shifts to see life in different ways and to really boost uh, boost my ambition and my 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 growth process and to to kind of really build that fire listening to motivational speakers and getting through that initial physical difficulty of um of what I was experiencing and it helped because I was close to kind of giving up on my degree. Like there was a point where I was like, I had these assignments coming up. I had these end, end of term tests. How am I going to do that? Like being in this pain, like it's impossible. Like, how can I do it? Like, I feel like I'm at a disadvantage compared to someone else who's, who's not experiencing this and is still revising for the same test. But it was all those, you know, I had like quotes up on my, on my wall of watching motivational videos and all of those sorts of things that kind of really spoke to me at the time and made me realize, oh, there's more fire that can be like 
churned up here. Like there's, I was getting my, my fire was kind of building from listening to other people's experiences and level of ambition. I was like, Oh, there's more I can do. There's more, there's more, there's more. Like I can give more of myself. And that was like the really, the, the warrior period. And then I came to a place where, you know, I felt like I've become something or I've accumulated the idea yeah. of becoming something, but that's not satisfying anymore. That doesn't make sense. Like why have I come to this junction? I feel like achieve, continuing to try and achieve these things isn't necessarily what is going to get me out of bed and keep me excited. And then as I started to slow down and do some of the practices that we mentioned, like journaling and meditating and um, doing yoga and going for walks, slowing down and having conversations with people that I may not necessarily have ever done before, did I realize actually I want to now unbecome like, and, and doing that requires me removing all of these labels, removing these ambitions and removing these books and knowledge from my life. And it's a scary thing to do because then what crutch do you have to stand on? You have nothing apart from your own heart. Like that's it. Like I have to trust my heart. And it comes back to the beginning of the conversation about how do you trust yourself? It's a journey. You know, you're not going to meet someone and they're going to trust you to share all of their secrets with you and to let you into their bed and to share their whole family life with you and their whole journey, deepest, darkest thoughts. It's not going to happen in 24 hours. It takes time and effort to nurture that trust within two beings. So to do that for yourself, first of all, is more important than anything else. And it takes time. And I feel like I'm still very much in that process, but that's kind of where I'm now is building that relationship with myself. How has uh, writing the book helped you get closer to your heart? It's helped me become clear on how I feel. And so expressing and playing around with emotions and putting words to those emotions really gives me clarity on this is where I am. This is what's important to me. This is what makes me excited. This is where my creativity and imagination is. And so exploring and reflecting on the, the things that I was writing about really kind of brought together and helped me make sense of my, my journey, basically. Um, because all of that poetry or prose, whatever you want to call it, was a reflection of everything that we just described since 19, everything that had happened and probably stuff even before that that happened. And it was kind of bringing my whole life into, into words, into a book um, and describing the emotion of those experiences, not necessarily describing those experiences per se, but the emotion that I was feeling and the message that I felt I was being given or being guided toward at the time and trying to put that in a way that's accessible to, to people. Um, I kind of forgotten your question now. What did you, what, what did you say? Well, I was, uh, I was just curious. You've talked a lot about connecting with your heart. Yeah, and, you asked about and, the heart space. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I was just curious how writing the book has connected you with your heart, and how just I'm just because that I mean my journey over the last year has truly been connecting with the voice in my heart, and my processes have been very different. Mine have been by throwing myself into very scary situations and allowing myself to be messy, whether it's in business, whether it's in creating, whether it's doing things I've never done before, whether it's love and intimacy, it's been exposing myself to the deepest fears that I have and allowing my, my heart to shine through and, 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 and that inherent courage in, in expression and, and allowing myself to be seen. So I guess like in this sense, like, you know, you're allowing yourself to be seen in a way that you've never been seen before in a lot of ways. Like this book is an expression of your heart. So how has the release of the book actually allowed you to, like, like what transformation has happened as you've put this piece of art into the world? So putting it together was 
was an experience in itself because it it was very emotionally draining and fun at the same time because I was putting so much of my authentic self into the words and onto the paper. And the fun was in connecting to that heart space because as I was doing this, primarily over the last year, as I was doing this, I was in a space where I wasn't trying to be influenced by other people's writing or other people's work per se. It was it was more about what do I have to say about these topics? Like identity, trauma, love, purpose, death, all of these big overarching topics that were on my that were on my mind and on my soul at the time that I was going through. All of these situations we've described. But I didn't want to get other people's perspective on it. Because you can search up what does purpose mean? What does death mean? what's the importance of identity and people will give you their two cents on it. And that's, that's cool, but that's not what I wanted to do. I was like, well, I've gone through all, all, all that I've gone through. What do I have to say? And the only way to figure that out is to open the door to the heart and find out what's in there. So I had no choice, but to go there every time I sat down to write pen to paper or fingers on the keyboard, it was like, what do I have to say? I've got nothing else to go off of. I just need to connect to that space and allow the words to flow. And that is what kind of got me more and more into the heart space as I began to enjoy the process of doing that. And it was in the process of doing it, did I continue to build the heart space and enjoy it, trust myself more and realize there's a lot more I have to offer. Like, this is amazing. What's coming out is something that I'm thoroughly enjoying. I didn't even know some of these words were there. Like I was, I was taking myself, I was taken back by myself, realizing that some of these words upon reflection are like, I, I would never have logically thought about putting it together in the way that I had. It was simply flowing. I was in this state of alignment and flow rather than hustle and grind. Because if it was the hustle and grind mentality, I would have thought about how many words do I need to put down? How many pages do I need to accomplish? What structure do I need to follow? How many chapters? I didn't come at it from that trying perspective. Trying to fit it in a box. Exactly. Yeah. So I, and I really tried to get rid of any concept of boxes and just follow the creative process through the heart. That I love uh, the heart cannot fit in a box. Like that's one mm-hmm. of the things I've been really learning. Like the heart is its own shape. It's amorphous. It's large. It's small. It's I love that. it's yeah. all of it. Like it it cannot be contained, and it's connected to an intelligence that is all things. And and I I just love I I love the way you express yourself, brother. Like it is such a joy and such a treat to one peel behind your heart and really feel it in this conversation. I feel like I've gotten to know you in a really intimate way and I'm just excited about searching in silence, right? That's the book and it's, it's out and I'm just excited about the impact that that's having already and the impact that's going to have on anybody listening guys, if you're listening um, and if we've said anything on this conversation that's resonated, please go pick up the book and just follow Vipple on, on Instagram. I mean, some of his content is so, it just touches you. And I, and I, and I really, really, really admire the heart that you're putting into the world, brother. So thank you for, thank you for just existing as you are and for doing the work and for sharing yourself the way you do with others. It really is a gift and a privilege to be able to experience your work and know you in this way. So I'm grateful, man. Bro, thank you for your kind words, man. Honestly, that's really, really humbling. And I, and I, appreciate that and appreciate the connection we have um i love everything you're doing likewise and um you know the, the platform that you're providing people the conversations that you're having with people and the energy that you're putting out into the world through the work that you're doing as well man so thank you and um honestly appreciate this uh this opportunity to be of, of service to everyone 
Cheers, brother. Um, well, I got one last question for you. In the midst of everything you're doing, everywhere you've been and everywhere you're going, how do you stay grounded? First word that came to mind was breathing. Mm. Simple as it sounds. Take a few deep breaths and you'll feel it. Do it right now and you'll feel it. doesn't matter who you are. If you're breathing, you can do it. You don't need resources to make that happen. Take a few. There's no techniques either. Just do what feels natural. Take a deep breath in through the nose and out the nose or in the nose and out the mouth. Do it three or four times and you'll see your state change. Your approach to anything, whether you, you're about to begin a conversation, you're about to leave the house, you're about to enter an interview, you're about to read a book, you're about to eat food, take three or four breaths, you'll feel your, your, your approach to that experience will be entirely different. Mm, I love that. Something so simple, yet so profoundly powerful. Brother, again, thank you so much for being here. Um, I love you. And I'm just excited for this friendship and for just everyone to get their hands on your book, man. It's super rad that it's, it's just, you're, you're such a, a an amazing creative and I'm just excited to just, I'm excited for you and in many ways. So thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you, man. I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited for the journey too, man. It's connecting with people like you that makes me stoked and makes me excited for the for, for what the future has. And to anyone listening, we we love you, man. Like we're doing this for you, not only for us, but for for you. So, as Raj said, if if there's if there's one little nugget that stood out to you, then use that to keep you grounded, and use that as the thing that you're going to do in the next 24 hours to try to to take the step forward in your own journey. Because um, I think the journey can be overwhelming to to many of us when we're thinking about all the issues that we have, all the things that we're trying to achieve, all the battles that we're facing, but. All it is, is managing the, the 24 hours the best you can. Just do it the best you can and then go to sleep peacefully. Do the same thing again tomorrow, man. If you're, if you're blessed enough to wake up tomorrow, do the same thing again tomorrow. Mm, there it is. If you're blessed enough to wake up tomorrow, never forget that. Well, everybody, that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded. I'm your, fr- I'm your host, Raj, and this is your new friend, Vipple. And from us, Stay Grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.